Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Two owls having a hoot. Delve into the mysteries of ancient wisdom. Explore the healing capabilities of energy medicine. And bridge the gap between the seen and the unseen. Get ready to challenge your six senses. Shift your perspective, learn new energy healing tools, and connect the dots between the old, the new, and everything in between. Tune in to Two Owls Having a Hoot for stimulating conversations steeped in boundless curiosity and divine wonder. Hello, everybody. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Two Owls Having a Hoot. Thank you so much for joining us today. Last time, we did an episode on breaking patterns. It was very popular with people and seemed to really hit a nerve. So in preparation for today's episode, we thought, what would be the next step? What can we talk about that would help people? And what came to the forefront is when you change an old pattern in your life, not everybody will perceive that as a good thing. Some people may feel threatened by the new you or the new pattern. Some people may rejoice and say, wow, it's about time, I'm so impressed. The long and the short of it is, I would bet you when you're in the situation of changing a pattern, life will throw you some curveballs. And the curveballs are wonderful tools that you can use to really Put your stake in the ground and redefine who you are and what you're about. So what I'd love to do is invite our co-host from Sebastopol, California, Shelley Budakov, to join us today to talk about how people are reacting to you when you make a change in your life. And I know that Shelley has some wonderful things to share. Shelley, are you there? I'm here, Mildred Lynn. Wonderful to hear your voice. Nice to hear your voice, too. To get us started, there's three questions. When you made the choice to break an old pattern and show up in a new way, what type of feedback did you receive from friends and family? The second question is, was this reaction to your change what you expected? And how did it make you feel? What did you learn from this experience? And do you have any tips or wisdom to offer? So, Shelley, how about you? When you made a choice to break an old pattern and show up as the new improved Shelley, wink, wink, (laughs) (laughs) what type of feedback did you receive? Like, Do you have a personal example you can share? Yes, I do. And as an intro, I want to say changing patterns amidst a group of people you work with or you have a personal relationship It requires a tremendous amount of honesty about oneself as you're breaking away from those old patterns that no longer work. Often they're family of origin, ways of coping or surviving, and we've learned that at a very young age. So if you think it's the people you're around that are keeping you from solidifying new patterns 
and goals you wish to create, then you really need to also look at yourself and see if it's you who really cannot change the patterns and you're just simply putting a new set of clothes on an old pattern. And I would say in my early years, Mildred Lynn, I used to think that each time I needed a big change, I needed to change the venue or the people I was around. And then, although it may be true these changes are needed, it also was true that I found when I transitioned to a new job or relationship, I found the same problems cropping up. And the only common denominator was me. So what a shock that was. I really could no longer blame anyone else for the persistent patterns that were kind of impeding my ability to grow and blossom. So I guess I would say when I realized I was responsible for my own well-being, then it started getting really interesting. And uh, years ago, when my husband and I were involved in our startup company in our home, it seemed like we were running every waking moment with very little time to actually communicate, and I kept sweeping concerns under the rug. Pretty soon, the more I swept, the resentments grew to a boiling point, and I wanted to go to counseling, but my husband was traveling a lot of the time. Finally, I decided to go on my own instead of waiting until he had time. It would have become the excuse for me not really addressing some of my own behavior problems and patterns. What I discovered was the power of one. The more skills I acquired to effectively communicate, like to step up and be heard, the more responsive my family was. I was so surprised. It was kind of like magic. At first, it was uncomfortable to step out of my old pattern of communication, which was either silence or accusatory. The counselor asked me if my goal was to communicate or to win. That was really a hard question to answer, honestly, I have to say. The goal became to own my thoughts and feelings and present them honestly without changing the message to accommodate the other person's reactions. When I was told my job was to deliver the message without blame or judgment, but not my job to take care of how the other person received it or handled it, that was a revelation to me. I said, you're kidding. I realized how often I'd tailored my communication based on the reaction of the person I was dealing with. And the consequence was not really being truthful about what I truly felt. So there really was not an opportunity for change. That fear factor kept popping up all the time, and I found it was important to maintain the resolve about whatever I felt changes needed to be. And consistency and awareness in terms of how I was behaving and communicating to my family and friends was important in order to shift to new patterns. So that's been my experience. Well, I really liked the part where you said consistency. Because when you're changing a pattern and you're showing up in a new way, as I said earlier, people may support you and they might not support you, which is a shock to your system just in itself. Yes, it is. You really need to find that core within yourself. I always call it putting that stake in the ground. And then the next step (laughs) is to show up in a consistent way. Because it's almost as if you're in a little rowboat and you're out at sea and the waves are choppy. And the shore is ever so close, but you know (laughs) boats weren't built to stay in the harbor. You know that your horizon is outward bound and not back to the safety of the harbor. The other part of that is that you would be sending conflicting messages to people. So you'd be showing up one way one day and another way the next day and then another way the next day. I know that's part of the process of changing the pattern and showing up in a different way. But I really wanted to bring attention to that consistent part, that if we can stay consistent in our resolve to have our stake in the ground, it's probably going to make it a lot easier on everybody. Have you found that? Yes, I have, actually. What happened was that the consequence with the people within my circle, 
was initially, though they were uncomfortable and often actually resistant, they really seemed to respond in a positive way and feel more secure with these changes the more consistent I was. And I actually sat down and wrote what response or pattern I wished to change and what I wanted it to be replaced with. I found it very important to have an alternative plan or response in place each time the situation arose. Otherwise, I found I, I just went right back into that old pattern. The old ingrained pattern. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> in terms of this reaction, I realized through the awareness and repetition that I found I could gradually change certain reactions and behaviors that were much more positive and beneficial for everyone. And I, as I would say, you end up making it a win-win, and that was very empowering. And I have to say there are some friends and family who no longer felt comfortable with my new you know, way of showing up in the world, and they weren't interested in changing our interaction together. So after initially having my feelings hurt, I had to remind myself it was not all about me and my path, and they had their own lives and paths to deal with, and I started using a compassionate mantra over and over that I actually learned from my dear friend Sonia, who's no longer with us at this time. And she used to say to me, say this mantra, Shelley, and it was, I freely and willingly release you to your own good, for your ultimate good is my ultimate good. And I say that over and over again until I can feel my heart soften, and I find it really helps me. Can you repeat it again? I just want to make sure our listeners yes. catch that. Yes. The mantra that Sonia taught me was, I freely and willingly release you to your own good, for your ultimate good is my ultimate good. And I say it over and over again, really until I can feel my heart soften. And it's, you know, with somebody that I'm having difficulty with or that I'm just holding on to this feeling that is pretty negative. And I find as I repeat it over and over, it really, really helps release. It's amazing. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. Enjoy the show. When we have time, Mildred Lynn, I'd like to read a letter from a dear friend of mine who listens to the radio show and wanted to share her heartfelt transformation that she's going through. It's a very powerful one, but it has to be when it works for you. Well, it would work right now for me. There's no time like the present. Well, there you go. <laughs> read <Okay>. away, Kelly. <laughs> well, I had a dear friend I've known for many years who's undergoing just major, major life change and shift. And she was very touched and empowered by our last show on changing patterns. And so I asked her to give input in terms of her own experience. And this is what she said to me. Negative patterns that challenge my equanimity finally paralyzed me, Shelley. There is no escaping the changes I need to make. Some family and friends are frightened by, resistant to, or threatened by these changes. Those reactions have caused a great amount of sadness and feeling of isolation inside of me, making successful pattern changing or even small modifications even more difficult. The realization that a pattern is harmful to myself and or others keeps my determination for change strong. These changes are what I need to happen for a nourishing and joyful life. I'm only discussing the changes in patterns I want to make with a few people in my life, the patterns I am attempting to change are not up for a debate. 
So I'm not leaving myself vulnerable at this time to the opinions of many others, but seeking assistance of people I know really can add positive reinforcement. By practicing examples of positive change, a practice can become a pattern and the norm. Sometimes it's necessary to leave behind those that can never grasp the value in the changes you are making. But be patient with those that are impatient with you. Learning to pause and not react is a most positive and valuable pattern. My mind is racing all the time with new thoughts, ideas, and epiphanies. Although I hadn't labeled my behavior as patterns, it makes sense to do so. What I am discovering is that many of the patterns were established as survival tools, a way to deny feelings, to turn the other cheek. These were the hardest to give up and change because we have to believe, really believe that we will survive if we do make the changes. How do we give up the patterns that might shake up our very existence? And then she responded with courage, the ability to do something that frightens you and moving through the fear. She ends with, I also believe that patterns can be handed down by our ancestors, so deeply embedded that maybe we cannot change the pattern, but learn to modify, work with, and have compassion for these patterns. Forgive me, Shelley, if I've left you with the impression I'm not practicing loving kindness with myself. It must look like I am sucking on lemons. <laughs> I have laughed, cried, and had more fun in the last few months than I have accumulated during my lifetime. I am blessed. Although the wounds that I am healing from are painful, I am one of the lucky ones, courageous enough to face the pain, walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Thank you, my friend, and I wish you well. Now, Shelley, when you read that, was there a sentence or a concept in there that you could especially relate to? Actually, the one where it says you have to really believe that you can change the pattern and you'll survive beyond it if you've come through some very difficult upbringing or certain patterns that you're just so rooted in because they've been your survival tool. So I would say that one really stood out in a big way. And then that's when it takes courage to really move through the fear. And so even though I know that we have patterns based on our ancestors and our family of origin and all that, I think more it's a fear of the change and wondering what it's going to be like if I don't have this that I've always done for survival. And so I think believing that you can change it, but then also having a plan of action in terms of what you're going to replace it with, just to have the absence of nothing that you've always had this pattern of is really not enough, I don't believe. I found I really needed to very carefully appraise and sit down and figure out, okay, when this comes up, what am I going to do instead of what I normally did that was very self-defeating? That's what stuck out for me. I really liked the part about having a plan in place because that's exactly what happened to me. When I was making a shift, I found that I needed somewhere to put things some frame of reference to figure out what I'm going to choose to make this mean. And forming a pattern is not for the weak of heart. No, it (laughs) isn't. Courage seems to come up a lot in the same sentence. (laughs) But it's a courage that you quickly realize there's no going back. It's almost once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so what do you pull out of your bag? And people tend to land in the courage arena. Now, when you were reading it, the other thing that was popping to mind was a quote. And the quote says, I stopped explaining myself when I realized people only understand from their level of perception. 
That's such a good one, Mildred. Yeah. And I'll just repeat it again for our listeners. I stopped explaining myself when I realized people only understand from their level of perception. So what this is really saying is, as Maya Angelou said, when I know better, I'll do better. <laughs> so when you're looking at why is a person reacting to me in this way, it might not be the way I would like them to react. I would say if you referred to this quote and made it your mantra as you go through pattern-changing exercises, it would help a lot. What do you think, Shelley? I absolutely agree, Mildred. Then I used to say, well, I guess I can't always get the good housekeeping seal of approval. <laughs> and I really think when you use that quote of what you said, it also then puts you into a compassion mode where it really isn't all about you. And even though you'd love to have had a different reaction, especially somebody you feel very close to, and you're used to wanting approval. You know, we grow up often in family groups and in society where approval is the, the rigor, so to speak. And to not have that is something that takes some getting used to. But by using that quote in terms of really understanding that, and I try to remind myself of this all the time, that people often are doing the best they can and that I just have to feel compassion and again, remind myself they're on their own path. When we talk about changing patterns and we talk about showing up in a different way and people may react, when you went through changes of pattern, people reacted in different ways. How did this make you feel? It really made me feel at times disappointed or alone. And then other times, of course, when people responded positively, like, wow, I get that, you know. Then, of course, you feel, wow, this is wonderful. Somebody really understands what I'm going through. But what I found is that I learned to not overshare. It's like developing the discernment to somehow sense when it's appropriate to share some of your deepest pattern changes that leave you very vulnerable. And if you sense that somebody really is not ready for this, that you can really just pat yourself on the back and say, I know I'm on you know, the right track for myself. And when I feel a little bit stronger or more set in a new pattern, then I might be able to share it with a wider group. So that's sort of what I came to realize. Yeah, I like that. I like the discernment part. As for myself, what I realized is as I started to show up, I had no way to anticipate or no way to predict how people would react to me. So because <laughs> it was like throwing balloons up in the air, <laughs> I had to stop in my tracks and go inside and decide that the bond that I would strengthen was not with the one's family friends as I went through a pattern shift or a big change. It was the bond with my higher self. It's interesting because the gift of people reacting in different ways, and what I'm talking about specifically is I left a, a conventional career and a conventional lifestyle to go swinging from the trees <laughs> into the wild and wonderful world of energy medicine. So <laughs> the pendulum swung. <laughs> Not everybody swung with me. <laughs> Not even Tarzan, right? Not even. Not even. Oh, that was a huge life lesson 
And as I was saying, the gift in having such a range of different responses, some positive, some negative, was that it did force me to stand there with myself and choose to go inside. And that was the gift. I don't know if you've experienced that or not. Yes, I think it's when I really realized that ultimately I had to choose myself. And I think that I was always the caregiver in our family growing up. It wasn't always the best position to be in because you really weren't supposed to pay attention to yourself in a way. That part I didn't learn. And so it was quite a revelation when I left home and started on my own to start realizing that I had to start choosing myself over the opinions of others. And that meant going inside and really looking at myself and figuring out what was important, what was working for me, and what was not. It wasn't anybody's fault past that point. It's like, it is what it is, and you deal with it. And the one thing I also learned is I found even if you could not possibly explain to someone that you love what you're going through, by the mere fact of elevating your energy and that positive energy, people are very responsive. They don't need a rule book on how it's supposed to be or what you went through. They can just see it by your energy and feel it by how you are. I love that. I've experienced that. because You, you should... are that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, what I found, well, thank you very much. What I found is that if you can show up in a happy way in your being, in a joyful mm-hmm. way in your being, mm-hmm. people start to wonder what you're putting in your cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> and they think to themselves, I might like some of that. So you're absolutely spot on, Shelley. Thank you for sharing that. You're listening to Two Owls Having a Hoot. Enjoy the show. Now, if there's someone out there and they're contemplating making a change in their life, showing up in a new way, Shelley, do you have a tip or a learning that you could throw out there for their consideration? Well, I do. As a matter of fact, I thought about it because I spent many years teaching school, so I often refer to that as just one of the most amazing learning, uh, fast-paced learning experiences I ever had. And what I refer to often in terms of what my experience is, I really learned, once again, the power of one. And that by me stepping up and owning the part I play within any framework of life, I can have an impact on the outcome of whatever is happening around me. And I first became aware of this profound effect when I was teaching school. And I was a new teacher. I gathered all I had learned in college and jumped into the middle of 32 children who had a lot of learning and behavior challenges. And I soon learned they weren't the only ones. I was definitely in the mix as well. (laughs) And I was way over my head, I might add. I started out with a quarter of the class with behavior problems. But as the day progressed, I noticed that I had more and more behavior problems. And after a couple weeks of no change in the general atmosphere, I really was ready to quit. But I realized once again that obviously there was something that I didn't understand and I didn't understand at all, but I just knew that things were deteriorating. 
So I reached out to a counselor who was this wise woman who'd been in the school system for many years, and I asked her to come and observe me. And within a few minutes, she said, Shelly, I know what's happening. And I went, oh, my gosh, this is such a relief, right? She said, these children want your attention. And they've noticed that the only ones getting the attention are the ones that are misbehaving and not the ones that are doing what you asked. So she said that once I understand this, I need to ignore inappropriate behavior and sing high praises and reinforce the children who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I had her take over the class and show me how that was done. And just like that, it shifted everything. That was my first introduction to positive reinforcement, and often we're not raised in that kind of environment. We pay attention to things that people are doing wrong rather than what they're doing right. And so the only time I ignored, that I didn't ignore inappropriate behavior was if it was violent, of course. But it was like I became a magician. It was like within a short period, the behavior problems disappeared, and I got down to kids learning reading math, reading and math, and so... That piece of information really changed my life, and I taught school for many years and loved it. So it was like kind of stepping out on a limb and saying, boy, I'm really doing something wrong here, and then realizing, really, I had the power of one to change this, and it did change. So that's my story. As you said, it was life-changing. It was life-changing. It was a big one. I've continued to use it all through my life. Adults are no different. We're just big children (laughs) in our own way. And so it's just that whole idea of reinforcing the positive and whenever possible ignoring the negative things that we really can't do anything about anyway in terms of the people around us. But I find people are very responsive to the positive and noticing what they're doing right instead of what they're doing wrong. And to build on that, Shelley, the tip that I'd like to offer as you go through the change in your pattern and your getting different types of feedback from people, and you're showing up in the best way you can, carefully monitor your self-talk. And this goes back to what you were saying, Shelley, about keeping things positive. What I found as I shifted a pattern, shifted from one way of living to another, because I wasn't getting the external validation to steady the boat, the little rowboat that I talked about earlier, (laughs) I could have gone into this state where I would give myself negative reinforcement, negative messages, because I wasn't getting it from the normal avenues. Because I went inside and started to develop the relationship with my higher self, what I found is that by monitoring my self-talk and insisting that it only remained positive, now being a Leo, that's not too hard, I, I, (laughs) I found that that was a great source of strength for me and a great source of centering. So for our listeners out there who are embarking on a change, you're iffy, you're unsure, you're pulling out your courage from your bag, please learn from my experience and keep that self-talk positive. And if you're not able to keep it positive, at least keep it objective and neutral. Because if you do that, positive's right around the corner. What do you think, Shelley? Well, I think that's true because thoughts and words are real. I feel like thoughts are very powerful. So it's really important for the person to keep that positive dialogue about themselves and look in the mirror. If you even have to look in the mirror and talk to yourself in a positive way, whatever that is, I'm good, I am loving, I am trying my best, all those things where you really become your coach, 
you give yourself that pep talk. And there's times when maybe you're really the only person giving yourself the pep talk. You know? <laughs> That's true. So one one thing I'd like to share with our listeners is that we've covered a lot of territory. And if you want and if you need to, if you desire to, you're always more than welcome to replay this podcast and take notes, sit under a tree, have a nice cup of dandelion tea. At least I think that's what Shelly's <laughs> drinking on the other yes, end here. Right. <laughs> and really use this podcast as a tool, a reflective and a contemplative tool. If there's someone in your life that's going through a change or trying to change your pattern, pass the podcast along. And Shelly and I were just having a little chat before we hit the air and Shelly was able to take the content of the last podcast that we did together, the one on breaking patterns, share that with a dear friend, and a beautiful result, a beautiful healing, a beautiful commentary came out of that. So we'd love to invite you to take this information, use it with yourself, share it with others. Let's keep the positive energy moving along. So, Shelly, I'd like to thank you so much for being my fabulous co-host once again today. (laughs) Thank you, you, Mildred. Thank you, everybody, for listening, too. And you're more than welcome. Next time we get together, we're going to talk about compassion. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host for Two Owls Having a Hoot from Sebastopol. We have Shelly Budakoff here. She's my co-host. We really loved talking today. Hope that you get a lot out of the information that we shared and enjoy the sunshine. Bye for now, Shelley. Goodbye, Mildred Lynn. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lisney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.